Well, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me. It's actually afternoon here in Atlanta. It's a beautiful afternoon. Um, it's a little chilly outside. Today is March 23rd, 2018. I know I don't usually say the date, but I'm just so happy today and um, I'm happy to be talking to you. Uh, welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your spiritual life coach, Cardelia Reed. Speaking of happy, the title of the show today is called Happiness. This is your assessment. How do you like that? Um, I'm really happy. I'm going to tell you why. Today is Friday, and normally I do at least two podcasts a week on a Thursday and on a Tuesday. And this week, uh, the Holy Spirit just had not released me into a, a show. I, I don't just randomly get on the microphone and start talking and recording, believe it or not. I really have to be led because the words that come out of my mouth, I want to make sure that they are in agreement with God's will for what's going to be released out there to you. So I take that very, 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 very seriously. So I'm happy that I was released yesterday and actually had time to do it today. Uh, a lot of studying, a lot of ministry going on in my life, and I'm, I'm very, very thankful for it. Um, but let's talk about you. That's enough of me, right? So how do you define happiness? And let's just go through a series of questions, okay? Uh, do you look at others for this? When I ask you that question, how do you define happiness? Is the first thing that comes to your mind, is it as long as, as, as soon as someone stops doing X to me, okay, then that means that you're looking for someone else to define that for you. Or can you explain it yourself? In other words, someone will say, you know what, my happiness is my peace of mind that I have right now and I'm very thankful for. That's a very healthy statement to define your happiness. You know, it's interesting. I was going to do this show today, and I, I thought about it, and the Holy Spirit um, put it on my heart yesterday. So I get up this morning, and I have a five-year-old daughter, and I have a 10-year-old son. I get my daughter up this morning, and she was just extra grouchy. And it was very obvious that something was bothering her, but she's five years old. She's, she's normally like that in the morning, you know. But finally, she says, you know, after we get finished washing her face and brushing her teeth, putting her clothes on, she goes, Ryan's so smart, and he knows everything, and I don't know anything. And she folds her hands. And she grunts, and she's really unhappy. And I said, Ryan knows everything. So she's comparing her five-year-old self to a 10-year-old straight-A male student. And I'm very thankful for that. But I told her, I said, hey, why do you think he knows everything? Because he talks about how much he knows everything. I said, listen, you are a special big girl that only special big girls know. And you have special things that big girls are supposed to do and say. And she gave me an example. I'll, to give you an example, uh, this weekend on Sunday, she was telling me how God spoke to her. And this was a huge breakthrough uh, for me and for her, actually, for the whole family. And I said, well, what do you mean God spoke to you? She said, yeah, God told me it was going to stop raining today. It was, a, it was on the Saturday. And actually, it happened raining, but it stopped. She said, God already told me he was going to stop the rain. I said, really? I said, well, what else did he tell you? She said, well, he told me he loved me. And I love him too. And that's how you know it's the Holy Spirit. So I reminded her of that. And she goes, oh, and she gets really happy. She's very happy about that now. So now all is well, right? How much does that remind you of you? You get up and you're feeling extra groggy or grouchy. 
And you're not really explaining why, but in the back of your mind, you have already compared yourself to somebody else. Somebody else in your neighborhood, a friend of yours, a relative, or something a parent said to you at dinner, uh, on the holidays, or even at work. Somebody else has something that you don't. Someone else possess something that you want to possess. And suddenly, your joy and your happiness is taken away. And also your peace. Do you know that when happiness is gone, so is peace, so is joy, so is rest and comfort and security? I mean, all those things go out the door. I just want to remind you that the Holy Spirit himself is all those things. Okay? He brings all those things on you. Now, I'm saying that for a reason. I'm going to get back to that, but I want to go into another example. Have you heard the story of the man that won the lottery? This was on E! True Hollywood Stories. It used to come on years ago. And I remember watching this because I wanted to see. They called it the curse of the lottery. And there was this older man that won. Oh, my God. He hit it big. I mean, bigger than anyone could ever imagine. Now, I'm assuming he had been playing the lottery all his life, too, because he was, he was a much older gentleman. And he was talking to some people. And all his money was gone. And so they said, they went through the whole story of how he lost his money. And then he got down to the last million in the story and he gave it away. And they asked him, they said, can you explain to us why you gave away your last million dollars? And what he said was, for peace of mind. And he said it so confidently, so assuredly that he was so happy he had his peace of mind. He didn't need any other lottery money. So... How do you explain that when we live in a culture that defines happiness with the, with the equivalent of success and how much money you have in your bank? How do you explain that happiness and peace of mind when he had to give a million dollars away just to experience peace? Because we know, now just thinking about the story and practicality, we know that his mind was not set at the pace of the, of the, I don't know, he could have won hundreds of millions of dollars, actually he did. His mind was not set at that pace. So you give someone that money and they could, I mean, it'll be gone in the next second. The mind is just not there. I mean, you can buy a home for that equivalent amount and all of a sudden it's gone, right? Or you can buy cars and lose it all. So you have to be able to budget and manage and all kinds of things that people did not teach him. So... How is it, though, that we can't teach each other happiness? How is that? How is that? Um, that's something they don't teach in school. They tell us to go and get four, de um, four degrees. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm thinking about myself. They tell us to go and get uh, a four-year degree at a college, then go to graduate school, then get a doctorate, and then drive the, the five BMWs and have the big house in the neighborhood, and then you're going to find that happiness. And until then, you don't have it, Right? You know, um, this is a really huge topic, and I really want you to experience happiness and peace of mind. And I'm going to tell you why. I talk to a lot of people, and one of the things the enemy has robbed them of is their happiness. You know why? Because when I'm talking to them, they're constantly talking about something that happened to them. You got it. In the past. Notice I said happened in the past, right? It happened in the past, and it's over. You can't change it. Um, there's, the op there's the option to forgive. There's the option to let go. There's the option to move forward. There's the freedom you have to create whatever space that you want for happiness. But yet, you're still talking about that situation that robs you of the joy at that moment. 
at that moment in time and is still robbing that person of the joy while they're continuously talking about it and the joy is gone and it drains the atmosphere and it suck out their peace and it does so much not just for the for that person that experienced the problem but it can for the person that they're, they're talking to as well right you have talked to people that make you feel drained in their conversations because the conversation is, should have long been over, you know. Um, but we've got to be able to take a stand for our happiness. And I want you to understand how important that is. And that brings me to the scripture for today. Um, this is going to come from First Kings 10th chapter 8th verse. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. It's interesting because it's, that same verse is repeated in Second Chronicles 9th chapter 7th verse. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and hear thy wisdom. There's so much I can say about that verse, but the first thing I'm going to say is, you know, for example... Men can be happy. Anybody can be happy. But one thing they specify are thy servants. Their servants are happy. Do you know you have to be, really be before the Holy Spirit to experience happiness as a servant? Right? I mean, how often have you gone to a restaurant and you've, you've encountered that really good waiter or waitress? And these people, their job is to serve, to serve others up and down all day long on their feet, back and forth. How happy are they? Most of the time you can find a really good one. You know, I'm speaking in a positive context now because I know sometimes you don't. But you find some really good ones and you think, how is it this person can find happiness in that? Because they know who they are and they know who they belong to, right? They'll tell you if you if you ever talk to one that's really happy, and I have because I'm always just amazed at happiness in people. They'll say, well, you know, I'm doing this with my life. I'm doing that with my life. I'm doing this with my life. And the one thing they don't say is what's bothering them at work. Now, I know it would be terrible to talk to a customer <laughs> about their problems, but this you can tell that it is a part of this person's aura just to think positively and to love their lives, and yet they are a waiter. They don't say, well, you know what, I'm just a nobody. They don't talk to me. They don't think that about themselves, do they? But yet we live in a society that says you are a nobody if you are a servant, right? If you are in a position of serving others, you've got to be the head. You've got to be the head over everything. You've got to be in dominion. You've got to be in power. And unless you're in that power, you are not happy and you are a nobody. That's the kind of world that we live in. But guess what? I have good news for you. You are not called to be in the, you're called to be in this world, not called to be of the world, right? Because that's who we are when we acknowledge, like this says, when we acknowledge the Holy Spirit and we are we hear from his wisdom. His wisdom does not keep us unhappy. His wisdom does not keep us in a sense of loss of joy. You know, that scripture reminds me so much of work environments. And, you know, working all these years as a consultant, a lot of times you end up going to lunch and to dinner with your coworkers. And we know that, you know, when you're working in these consultant environments, you know, you're traveling, you're away from your home, you're stressed because you're traveling, you're physically stressed and don't really realize it. And then you're stressed because of the workload. And then you're stressed because of the problems at work. So you got some whammies going on and you have to really work to keep yourself uh, from getting burnt out and those kinds of things. So one of the things I never like to do, uh, even though sometimes I had to, was go to work. 
I'm sorry, go to lunch with my coworkers and then go out to dinner afterwards, especially with the ones that did not know how to stop talking about problems at work. Now, one thing about it, if things are really good, it's not going to be a long conversation, right? Because you're all happy. Everybody's celebrating about this big deal that just closed. But when things are bad, you're going to talk all day about it and all night about it. And guess what? You have one moment in time for the, uh, to allow something to occur, whether good or bad. Like right now, I have this very moment down to the very second to talk to you about happiness. And that moment is going away. I can go back and try to, I can go back and say, hey, you know what? Let me correct myself, but I cannot go back and change that moment in time. So in a moment in time when the enemy is robbing us and stealing our joy and happiness away from us, be careful not to put yourself in an environment where he's continuously doing it. Now, you're not even at work anymore, for example, and the problem is not even there. It does not exist anymore. That moment in time is gone. But yet you find yourself at lunch or at dinner and the problem is reiterated. So you've got three whammies. I just gave you examples. And then someone's still talking about the problem. No wonder we're living in a culture of such unhappiness. How do you find happiness in that? Well, you've got to be intentional, number one, about knowing what makes you unhappy. And be intentional, number one, about what makes you happy. So let's slash off those things on our list that's making us unhappy. And let's be intentional about putting, placing ourselves in an environment where we know we are happy. Where we know we are using what God gave us to be happy. So, for example, I'm going to choose today to not go to lunch with my coworkers. Because I really want a peace of mind. I don't really want to hear the conversation. I can't control what they say. Or I can go to lunch. And I can engage in what they have to say, and then I can change the subject, okay? And when I change the subject, I'm going to change to something really happy and positive. Hey, tell me, you said your kids were just in a recital. Let's talk about that. That's your place of happiness. Let's go back to your home environment, okay? Now, I know that's a tricky one because some people are going to say that's where it starts. But let's go back to the place of where it really counts, because most likely, if you are already experienced an absence of joy, it has a whole lot to do with what's going on at home, the way you grew up. It has a whole lot to do with something that's been innate and placed inside of us. Okay, So we've got to be aware of what's causing that. What makes you happy? One of the ways you will find happiness, and I've said this so many times, is reiterate your thankfulness of um, what you're doing in the present moment. Reiterate the ability to do that. You know, um, I've got to tell you, growing up, you know, I, we ha I had a very big family. Uh, my, my father's side had, uh, his mother had 18 kids and my mom's mother had 10 kids. So I had a ton of cousins growing up. So whenever we got together in our family gatherings, we talked and we played, we had so much fun. And nobody seemed to dwell on really bad things, all right? No one seems to dwell. I know that's second nature in our culture, but watch where your dwellings are when you're in an environment of people. What's being talked about? What's giving you joy and what's giving you peace? What's giving you comfort? Look at those things and place yourself in an environment that can reiterate that joy and comfort and peace so that you do experience that happiness. That's really, really, really important. I know nowadays, it's you know, I we're, we could be in a holiday setting anywhere, just pick a place. And the first thing that's going to come up is, okay, what do you do for a living? Okay. 
people are always concerned about that with each other because that's the that's the question I'm going to tell you something depending on the motivation of why someone is asking that that is a trick of the enemy for everybody because what happens the second you answer that question that person's going to start comparing himself or herself to you so who's ever asking you that question depending on your answer Oh my goodness. It's, it's one of those things where you may want to say, you know what, if you answer the question, answer the question and change the subject to something even brighter because you don't want to focus on what you do. I promise you at some point, if the conversation has been focused around even one person at a dinner table, holiday party, something like that, the enemy's going to get in there. Everybody, someone's feeling inferior. Someone's feeling, you know, like they have more power. Then you've got a big catastrophe. And somebody, I guarantee you, someone at that table is inside of them saying, I'm not coming back to this dinner again. Okay. I know that because I've been there, done that, check the box. You know, I, um, it's so important. So important, so important to understand these things. If that does not suffice for you, if that's not good enough for you, it's okay to get up and walk away. It's okay to say, hey, I'm going to take a walk in the neighborhood by yourself. I'm going to take a stroll down the street in the car if it's at night. Who cares? Get to your place of happiness. Be adamant about it. Only you and God knows where that place is. Don't be afraid to do those things. Don't worry about what people are thinking because I can tell you number two is... Pleasing others is not going to be a place of happiness. It really isn't. Um, like I said, I had a whole lot to say about this conversation. But if you're concerned about other people, especially if you got to be adamant about your happiness, you're going to be ready to be hurt and disappointed yourself. The arrows are going to point right back to you. Um, that's where the enemy is trying to do so when he's taking your happiness. I, um, I just want to make sure that we understand these things. Um, also, whenever you find yourself in a situation where you feel that, um, there are things that, that make you unhappy or being reiterated, someone bringing up something about you that you uh, may not want to talk about, someone bringing up something about a family member that you're not happy with, don't compromise in the conversation. That means don't start talking about it, even if you don't, because you don't, you know, because you feel like you want to make the person happy or because you feel like, let me just say something. You don't have to say anything. I am at, finally at a point in my life. If someone says something to me and I know it's the enemy, first thing I'm going to do is go in the supernatural under my breath and break it on up in the name of Jesus. The second thing I'm going to do is not answer. I might walk away. I don't know what I might do. It depends on what the motivation is of the person that's asking the question. So um, another thing we've got to do is be more discerning about our environments and who we're talking to and what motivation they're using to talk to us. Now, I know I just took care of a whole lot of things when it comes to other people. Do you look to others for for your happiness or can you explain it for yourself? Now, let's get to an environment when it's just you by yourself. How do you define your happiness? Do you have a peace of mind? Is your mind still on other people and situations? Now, I ask you that because that is what's in our environment. We're always interacting with other people. So naturally, you're going to start thinking about other people. But when it's just you and it's just God and there's nobody else in the room, how do you feel about yourself? When was the last time you checked that off on your box and say, hey, what really makes me happy? Have I thought about that? Will a vacation make me happy? You don't have to go to the beach to be happy. Now, that makes me happy, but I can tell you, you don't have to be there. You can go to the beach in your mind. You can close your eyes and imagine yourself somewhere that you want to go. And 
And when you close your eyes and go to that happy place in your mind, guess what you're doing? You're already meditating. It doesn't have to be a nice, elongated, formal process. You are experiencing happiness when you can go to a place when it's just you and the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? All is well. My thoughts are at rest. I'm in a place of peace right now. This is my happiness. And I'm going to do everything I can to fight for it because I believe in it. I deserve it. And that's exactly what God made me to be. God wants us to be happy. He wants us to have a peace of mind. He wants us to experience wisdom. When we have a whole lot more wisdom, we start experience, experiencing a whole lot more happiness. We're very intentional about that happiness. You know, that's why it said, happy are thy servants. Because it doesn't matter what you're doing. Your happiness is your happiness, is your happiness. It doesn't matter um, where you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Um, you know, I can't, I, it's, it's one of the things about who you're with is kind of really important, but even if it's between you and God and somebody else that there, you don't want there, you can still go to that place of happiness. Nothing is stopping you. I can't imagine that person tapping on your shoulder and saying, Hey, don't go to your place of happiness. <laughs> they may say it indirectly by treating you a certain way or by being mean to you, but either way, you still have that choice. So it does not matter what someone else is doing to you. It does not matter what your outside circumstances are. Um, you can actually be in the middle of a war. And I say that spiritually and physically because we are in the middle of spiritual warfare. But you still got to be able to find your place of happiness regardless of what your circumstances are. Don't compromise on what they are. Don't allow people to drain you. Don't. You have a whole lot more control over your happiness than the enemy can ever have. You give him that control when you're placing yourself in situations that you don't want to be in, when you're compromising with them. Control your happiness and you will find the best peace of mind, security, comfort, and joy that you've ever had in your life. I really do hope this podcast was a, a blessing for you. That that really essentially is my time. And I'm going to have to have a part two because I got to be honest with you. I did not say everything in this podcast <laughs> that I wanted to say, but I'm going to release this out there. And I really do pray and I, I do believe that this is going to help you throughout your day. So stay tuned for part two uh, of happiness. And I'm Cardelia Reed, again, your spiritual life coach. Catch me on YouTube. That's Reed, R-E-I-D. Catch me on my podcast, podcast.cardelia.com. Send me an email, love at Cardelia.com. I'm all over iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. I'm all over the place. Thank you for listening. Remember, if nothing else, Jesus loves you and so do I.